Welcome to the latest edition of the What's Next with Gen X podcast. I got a chance to chat quickly with LA Galaxy team president Chris Klein at the Hashtag Sports Conference in late June before he had to hop on a flight. So this is a little bit of a mini-sode, but it's definitely packed with some very interesting insight. Klein retired in 2010 after a 13-year MLS career, which included winning the Cup in 2000, and he was known for his toughness, setting records such as the most consecutive games played. He also scored five goals and added three assists as a member of the U.S. men's national team. Klein discussed what he calls an incredible opportunity to work alongside Bruce Arena and what he's learned from the coach. Klein played college ball at Indiana and has some strong opinions about the infrastructure of American soccer and how it stalls the growth of the game. And of course, I had to ask him about the Shooting Stars meme that his club's social media team produced back in March, which was a huge hit with fans, but with MLS, uh, not so much. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend you Google it. Enjoy my conversation with Chris Klein, who is enjoying his time in the front office more than his time on the field. Sports Conference, talking with Chris Klein, who has 13 MLS seasons under his belt, and he's now the president of the LA Galaxy. Chris, why don't you talk a little bit about why you decided to come to this conference and what you had to share? Uh, I was asked to come to the conference. We um, were obviously were owned by AEG, and so uh, invited by our global partnerships group to come and speak. Uh, about how sports can be a change for social good and how the partnerships that we create um, impact those decisions and how we go out and relate to our communities. What would you say is a good example of when it's really worked out for the LA Galaxy to kind of give back? Yeah. And it's been a, both a good, you know, something that was both rewarding to give back and a good business venture. Yeah, the easiest example for us is our partnership with Children's Hospital Los Angeles. Um, and. Um, I mean, they're doing so much good. So for us to attach ourselves to their brand, they get some marketing out of it, and we get to interact with our players and go down. And um, not only the money that we give to them, but how our players can interact and really um, engage with their brand and all the good things that they're doing, I think that would be the easiest. Another one was uh, with Chevrolet. Uh, one of our players, Giassi Zardes, comes from uh, Hawthorne local community. And so we got everyone together and said, how can we impact this community? And we ended up putting in fields for kids to be able to play. And it's allowed uh, Chevrolet to come in and, and do some things that were important to them. It's allowed Giassi to uh, go back and give back to his community and really stay involved with that community, which has kept going. Um, and been something really positive and a great thing for us. You think about all the money that sports hauls in. It's a lot. It's a, you know, billion dollar business. Yeah. Um, why is it so important to give back? I think there's a couple things. I think one and first, it's a, it's our responsibility. It's our responsibility because you're right. Fans do pay money to come and see us play. There is TV money that's given um, to us, and if it was always take, 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 um, it, it wouldn't be the right thing for us to do. It wouldn't be the right thing to interact that way in our community. That's the biggest reason. Um, another reason, and it's not entirely altruistic, is that. Um, it is good business and it is um, something that um, people, the communities and the way that they view us are directly impacted by how we're living now yep. and how we conduct ourselves in good times and bad and that has a business proposition but also how we give back no matter what it's about. And so that for us has been a real 
um, eye-opening thing to be able to do it. And it has to be authentic or else people will see through it. Um, but it is, um, at the end of the day, it's A, it's our responsibility, and B, uh, it's something that's good for us to do. Has there been a cause that you particularly resonated with you? I mean, it's tough to go to a children's hospital and see the kids and to, um, and to not have that resonate. Where it really hit home for us is, is where we have um, you know, young kids that would, that would be soccer players and that, likes, that like our players and like our team. Um, and they have something where their families are going through something hard at the hospital. And to be able to go in and interact with them um, gives us joy. To be able to do that and to leave something behind and maybe, um, I mean, we're in sports. And so we're yeah. that uh, temporary relief uh, from real life. And so to be able to see that in action um, is something that is, that is just incredibly rewarding. What do you think resonates with the community more, giving back or social media, or how do you use social media to kind of convey that you're giving back? I mean, social media, I mean, it's how, it's how our president communicates, it's how we're communicating a lot with our fans. So highlighting the things that we're doing, telling the stories, um, not only so we get the pat on the back, so that we bring light to situations that are happening and, uh, and can tell those stories. And so they go together in the way that we use social media to be able to communicate with our fans. Question for you. So your club made quite the splash on social media back in March with the shooting stars meme. <laughs> MLS wasn't too happy because yeah. you were basically trolling another club. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. at the end of the day, how do you kind of look, a few months removed, how do you kind of look at that situation? Um, I don't... Uh, editorialize our social media department too much um, they have they should represent our brand and that was okay. done uh, in a fun way and we think social media and the way that you operate um, should be lighthearted and, and fun if it was ever sinister things like that yeah. we would choose not to do it but I, I think that that came all off in, good in the fun. right way That's yeah right. all in good fun yeah. well I thought it was hilarious I watched it like 47 times <laughs> um, what was the transition like from player to front office uh, it was fast um, for us it was for me it was something that happened very quickly um, and, and the biggest thing for me was being involved um, with a great club with a great owner um, with great resources around me to be able to do that I've been involved with teams my whole life and so it is nothing different I have to take my strengths um, that I have and lean on the people that I have around me um, to help teach me um, which I'm still learning today uh, in this role and so I understood that very early on so the transition into it um, was something that went thankfully relatively smoothly um, and I've been able to build on it over the last you know, seven years almost. Uh, what's been the biggest challenge? The biggest challenge for me I think is, is learning the ticketing piece and learning um, that part of our business. Um, it's being extremely broad and having to understand things that I can get involved in and things that I need to sub myself out of. Um, but in the end, it's building a team and, and having great people around you and being able to work. I mean, we work in sports. Uh, we talk to our, our group all the time about uh, we have an incredible opportunity to be able to do something that we love. And uh, I'm so thankful that I'm here doing this because I enjoy it more than I did playing. Um, to still be involved in our sport, something that's growing, something that I'm proud of, uh, is something that I'm thankful to be able to do. And you mentioned, you know, soccer's just blowing up, and you look at MLS, and it just continues to expand. 
what do you think guys like Christian Pulisic do for the game, the growth of the game in the States? It's the future for us. I mean, it's where we're going. If you look at, if you look at someone like Landon and, mm -hmm. and how Landon was so influential. Got to bring it back to the smart. galaxy, right? right? You yeah, got to exactly. give your club some love. <laughs> um, and then you have someone like Christian who came from our development system but made that choice to go over Bruce Gordon and how yep. he's impacting our national team. And I think, I don't think these are one in a million anymore. I think we're going to see more players like Christian that, that can play at the highest level. They're going to impact our national team. Right. Yeah, and some of, the, some of the players that we have, I mean, we're now investing millions and millions and millions of dollars um, in youth development. And we're going to develop players that are going to impact our culture and going to be able to impact the soccer community for years to come. And so having that and seeing the investment start to come from is something that we're all incredibly proud of. I have a question for you. You, you played, and you're talking about the growth of um, soccer in the United States and kind of grooming talent. You went to Indiana, and you look at some of the other leagues. You think that you look at the NBA, how talent's groomed, you know, at the college level. Yeah. You went to Indiana. Do you ever see kind of the sport really start to grow at the collegiate level? If it's going to grow at the collegiate level, the college game needs to change. I mean, okay. it's just the reality of where we're at. They play three months out of the year. It's just not enough. And so our, our academy kids, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, they're playing 11 months out of the year. To go to college and then take a step backwards is not the right thing. So between the college coaches and the NCAA, if they want to have that impact on the game, because we still think college is very important, um, they're going to have to change their model. They're going to have to break through. Uh, and think differently because right now you're starting to get to the point where if you are going to go to college, um, your development is going to stall. Right, uh, and you're you getting play. older. And you're getting you older. Could get and um, the injury thing is, is interesting because even when we have academy players that come through our system and then end up signing right away, we encourage them to still go to college. Okay. Um, so we had a player this year, Ethan Zubat, very smart kid, um, could have gone to many colleges across the country. Ended up signing to Galaxy 2, um, and he just finished his first year at UCLA. It, this is the direction. So we want them to get their soccer experience with us, but still be able to get their education because we think it's important. We pay for that. Oh wow, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's important. We want yeah. him to have that. So um, back to your original question, I think there is certainly a place for the college game um, in development, but to do that, they're going to have to change. And what's, what was one of your favorite memories from Indiana? Uh, the people. Um, you know, playing under a coach like Jerry Yagley and being able to um, be part of a school that you had so much pride in, yeah. be able to go there for four years um, and be representative of that, having friends that I played with that I still speak to now. Yeah. So, like anything else, it was, it was really about the people. And you mentioned Jerry Yagley, and now you're working with a guy like Bruce Arena. You look back at what's been one of the best moments of your post-playing career? Certainly working with Bruce. I mean, having the opportunity to... Um, you know, I had, I had Jerry Yeagley in college, I had Bob Gansler as a player, and then to have, to be able to play under Bruce Arena with the national team and with the Galaxy, and then having the opportunity yeah, to Yeah, wow, full circle. Is, is something that's, that's pretty incredible to be able to do, and so I, I'm thankful for that, and um, to get that chance and to, um, to sit in a room with him and make big decisions, and to be able to learn from how he leads is something that I'll always remember. What's one thing that he's taught you that you apply to what you're doing every day now? Um, that he doesn't let the little things bother him. Uh, 
Oh, easier said than done. It is easier said than done. And I think the true genius of Bruce is that he's incredibly detail-oriented. And mm -hmm. if you were um, casually meeting him, tough to get yeah, if it's you extremely say don't difficult. sweat the small stuff. It's not yeah. saying don't sweat the small stuff. It's finding a good balance. A good balance of how how do you focus on those, and when okay. focusing on those can negatively impact um, uh, the overall objective and what you're trying to do. So. Um, he understands the details, it's just he chooses when to focus on them and when to let them go. Okay. And what's next for, I always like to end the podcast with what's next? What's next for Chris Klein? I don't know. Uh, we still have a lot of work to do with the Galaxy and with mm -hmm. our league, so I'm, I'm certainly thankful to be in this position uh, right now, and um, I don't know. I mean, we'll see, uh, God willing, where, where it ends up, but certainly thankful for where I'm at right now. Well, Chris, I appreciate your time. So Anytime. Thank you. So Thank you. Thanks again for listening. The pod is available on both iTunes and SoundCloud, so make sure you download it. Huge shout out to everyone with the hashtag sports conference who made the pod possible. And for everything trending in sports today, keep it locked on the sponge.